Welcome into Honey Hush today. It's Lacey, and I'm maybe more excited about today's episode than any other I've ever recorded. You have heard me share about this incredible friend, but today you get to meet her, and you're going to hear some very vulnerable truths about her journey through leadership and other parts of her professional life, how her purpose has changed over time in understanding the difference in not just success, but significance, living a life of significance and adding value to the lives of others. I'm so excited for you to meet her. So dear friends, meet my dear friend, Emily Stringer, and let's jump right in. Welcome to Honey Hush, the podcast for up and coming and established leaders alike. Every week we discuss how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you are a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush is for you. Now here are your Hive hostesses, three Southern businesswomen who know a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees, Lacey, Michelle, and Elizabeth. So welcome in. I'm really excited that y'all are going to get to meet someone today who you've already heard her name for months and months. I've referenced her words and her wisdom so many times on the podcast. And today y'all get to meet her and hear her voice in real life. And so that is super exciting. And I think what's more exciting for me is that we're going to get to unpack a topic together that I've just recently, I think, put a name to, but it's it really signifies so much of what I've learned from Emily Stringer over the last I guess now over two years, it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but today we're going to talk about breaking down the difference in success versus significance. And I think that Emily and I both have a story to tell in viewing success and significance separately and now how the two have come together. And so that's kind of the theme of today, but I'm really excited to shut my mouth and get to just ask some questions and for you guys to get to hear from Emily and just some of her thoughts on this stuff. She's been a sponge and a student of learning about leadership and influence. And I've been such, um, it's been such a blessing in my life to get to learn from so much of that. So Emily, hello, my dear sweet friend. Hey there. So glad you're here. Talk to us about, and I know you'll be sharing some of your professional story in this answer just because it will make sense, but talk to us about a time in your life and your professional life when maybe you thought success itself would be enough. And when we talk about success, maybe that from a number standpoint or success in any form, but when, when, and in, in what time in your life did you feel like that could be enough? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having me. I think this is a really great topic and I love talking about this, especially with you, Lacey. Um, you know, I think for all of us, we think success is going to be enough when we don't have it yet. And when we're struggling and we're searching for it and we're working to find what we believe is success for us, we think that once we arrive there and we get there, it's going to be enough. And so for me, I'm, I'm very goal oriented. I know that y'all talk about the Enneagram a lot on your podcast and I'm an Enneagram three. So I love setting goals. I love crushing them. And so for me, it was always about a numbers game. It was about a paycheck. It was about a promotion title or recognition. And I think that we don't realize that success isn't enough until we actually achieve it. I love that so much. And there's this feeling or can be a a really real feeling of emptiness kind of when you get there and you think, gosh, that was going to be fulfilling, but maybe 
maybe some people, not everyone might feel this way, but there might, I know that there are some of us who get to that place or think we're going to get there and have this feeling of, of fullness that doesn't always come with that. And so at what point did you feel a shift in that, that you needed to make an investment in people or that you were going to start learning more about leadership or becoming a better leader? When did that shift happen for you? Well, I think really once I kind of achieved those goals and that success, I I hit the promotion title that I had been working hard for. I was making the the paycheck that I really wanted. Um, And you're right. There was kind of that feeling of emptiness of the success was there, but it wasn't very satisfying. And so for me, I was started to really search for in my work, what was going to fulfill me, what was going to sustain me and feel satisfying. And what I realized very quickly was that was not my success. It was the success of others. And I think that was the big shift for me is that I did have to do the work and figure out how to do it well. And, um, then kind of turn around and be able to empower and pour into other women and help them figure out how to do that as well. And so I think the shift really happened for me in, it was a crisis of feeling not satisfied or fulfilled when I got to that point of success and not knowing what that was. But the moment that I started seeing other women have the same success that I was having because of things that I was able to share with them or walk alongside them with, that really started to become satisfying to me. And that's when I really took a deep dive into leadership and really just self-improvement, wanting to be the best version of myself so that I could help others do that themselves too. And do you feel like vulnerability was a part of that? I feel like there was such a, I feel like I saw a time in, in your journey in that where you had learned all of this and you were doing it. And we talked about that through the five levels of leadership with our podcast on John Ma- or from John Maxwell. But I feel like there was a vulnerability shift for you too, where you were, you realized, Oh, I need to be, able, I need to be willing to share my experiences and share what I'm learning transparently with these people in order to help them be successful or, or find, you know, find the next level of success. What did that look like? Yeah. Well that, and that's really hard for a three. For me, I wanted to be really good at what I was doing and I was, And I wanted the recognition and I was not a very good listener. I was not teachable. I had been very successful in the past in other jobs. And so when I came into this, the current profession I'm in, when I came into this job, I just knew that I was just going to do it and do it well. And it it really was a very humbling experience to kind of stand there. um, And like we talk about with John Maxwell, to stand there at the top of this mountain alone, wondering why I was staying there by myself, why I didn't feel satisfied and fulfilled, and going back down the mountain to meet these women who I knew needed me and needed my experience and my knowledge and my expertise, but they also needed me to be vulnerable. They needed to hear that there are things that terrify me. There are things that I'm not great at. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the biggest amount of growth that has happened for me in the past probably year and a half or so really has been just that self-awareness and the, it sounds kind of crazy, but really the confidence that I have been able to have in being able to acknowledge weakness, to share it transparently and to walk through that with other people. And I think that it's crazy to say that that's confidence, but really it is because a lot of times our confidence is covering our insecurities. And for me, that's what confidence was for a really long time. And I got to a point where that I realized that wasn't, it might be serving me. Okay. But it wasn't serving others. Well, I love that so much. And earlier you referenced, you know, you started to find so much joy 
in sharing information with someone and then they take that information and then they're able to be productive with that or find success with that. And I know that that's you saying that you started to understand that really your purpose was, was adding value, right? It was adding value to people's lives. And so not that you were responsible for their success and, or not that you were doing it for them. And so that leads me to this question, because this is something that you reference a lot. What is the difference in recognizing that you want to have an impact and you want to be adding value and sharing what you've learned and what you know, but how do you do that for someone and empower them to be their own version of success versus seeing something in them and seeing potential and just dragging them back up the mountain with you? Um, and the, because I see people, I see leaders a lot of the time saying, I just, I want to be the reason for someone else's success. And that is not how you are. You want to give people the tools and the resources and the things for them to then go and do the work to be successful. What is the difference in that? How do you identify that? And how have you done that? Well, well, I think that there's a big difference in motivating and inspiring. And for me, and you'll love this because I know you love talking about me and how much I love to work out, but I think motivating, motivating to me is pushing someone to do something they don't really want to do. You know, like I don't really want to run a marathon, but I probably could do it with the right amount of motivation. If you really motivated me, I was going to get a great prize at the end of it. You were there every day cheering me on and giving me a rah-rah speech. I could do it, but I don't really want to. And it would be hard for me and it'd be challenging. And it would probably be not a whole lot of fun for you trying to motivate me to do that thing that accomplish something that I don't really want to do. Inspiring people, I think, is pulling out of them what's already inside. It is taking something that they desire. It is a passion that they have. It's an innate ability or gift that the Lord has given them that you are able to see in them and just help them be the best version of that or to use that strength in a way that's going to not just serve them, but also serve others. And I think that you made a point earlier that I think is important is that you have to know the people to know what inspires them. You know, you can walk around and give anybody a motivating speech and get them excited about something for a minute, but to inspire somebody, you have to have a relationship with them. You have to know who they are on the inside what drives them, what they're passionate about. And I think when we do that, you kind of also have to get yourself out of the way. And I think when you asked me earlier about what was that moment of just kind of transformation for me when I realized that it really was like this humbling, vulnerable experience for me, it was kind of taking myself out of the picture. Um, I like that leadership role. I like being the leader. I like knowing that I'm successful and that other people are successful because of, you know, things that I've done that changed very quickly for me when I realized that to inspire people, it's not about me. It's not about what I've done. It's not about what I can do. It's about who I am and who I am to that person and how I make them feel. You know, we talk about this a lot in our job, but you know, people are going to replicate the way that you make them feel if you make them feel good. And so that's one of the things that I just really do strive to do every single day with the women that I work with is, you know, my mission is to add value to people's lives every day. And I think that we do that by making them feel good, by making them feel empowered and worthy and confident. And so I think that that whole inspiration versus motivation is a whole, it's a whole topic of its own, but I think it is really important that 
leaders get stuck a lot of times spending so much time trying to push people to do something that they really maybe don't want to do, or maybe they're not really capable of doing. And so we have to know them and know what drives them to be able to really inspire them to do great things. Well, I have the privilege of working with you professionally every day and also have a very close relationship, obviously with you personally outside of that. And I feel like what I can look back on our journey of working together and appreciate so much is the respect that you had for me in the time that it was taking me to learn the things I needed to learn. When we talk about motivation and inspiration, you could have pushed me and probably wanted to a lot faster than you did. But I think because of the timing of what you were learning and how you were learning that you recognized in me that you did know me and you did know either if it was things I was going through just in life or just things I didn't know yet and things I didn't understand yet about my own abilities or capabilities or what gifts I did have, whether it's in this job or just in life in general, I really appreciate that you respected me enough. And I think we have a huge amount of mutual respect for each other. Um, But I think respect is a huge part of that equation too. I think that you had enough respect for me to allow me the the time I need, I needed to learn and to get to a place where my mind was open to seeing either my own potential or all the things that you know that I've learned over the last two years. Uh, And I really appreciate that. I think as leaders, we can so easily step over respect and see potential and then start pushing or, or motivating, like you said, when it's not even something that that person can identify yet or is open to learning or has the capacity to work in yet. Yeah. And I think I will add to that. I don't want it to sound like motivating is a bad thing or that it's unnecessary. There are certainly times that we have to motivate people and they need that push, that motivation, but the key is respect if that respect is there, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that if, when I motivate somebody, if I'm incentivizing them or I'm pushing them or I'm challenging them a little bit, it's because I know inside of them that they can do it and that they really do want to do it. And if we don't have that level of respect or that understanding and knowledge of the person and their heart and what their desires are, motivation sometimes is very icky. And I think that that level of respect is really the key in being able to do both of those things and do them really well and knowing when one of them is needed and the other one needs to kind of take a back seat. I love that so much. You should write a book. Sure, let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> no, just you. I, I, I can contribute the forward or something, but. I do not like doing things by myself. <laughs> um, okay. So tell us this and we'll start to wrap up, but tell us how has your purpose changed since your the biggest light bulb moment that you can remember? I think I know what that is, but and I would love for you to answer this question first. I want to know what you think my light bulb moment is. Let's hear it. I know that you've had lots of them. There are light bulbs going off in my life every day. <laughs> well, and I feel like it has been outside of your investment in me personally, the ability to watch your growth as a leader and you're leading me, but the, to still be in a position where I've been able to watch your growth and transformation has been huge. And I've seen your, your purpose and, and why you're doing what you're doing every day change over time. And how would you say that has changed? I just really think it's, it's not about me anymore. And it's hard to admit that in the beginning it was. And I think that for especially, I know I've, I've referenced this, but especially for somebody who is a hardcore three on the Enneagram, um, image is important to me, success, effectiveness, efficiency. And 
a lot of times we get wrapped up in ourselves and it is about how far we go and how far we get and what others think of us. And so I lived that out for a really long time. And when I came into this job, it was very obvious for me very quickly that that wasn't going to work. And so I'm so grateful for the job that I am doing right now, because I think it's been a transformation for me not just in my life and not just in my job, but in my life and my marriage and the way I parent and friendships. And so I think that it really radically has been a, a transformation as a whole for me to realize that, and I've never been like a selfish person. It's not being selfish. I've always put others before myself, but just in specific things where it, it was just so goal oriented. It was so about the numbers and about the recognition. And so I think most of the light bulb moments that have come for me have truly been this journey of self-awareness where, and this is, this is getting very vulnerable and transparent. I can't remember very many times in the past 35 years, I'm 37 now, in 35 years that I admitted that I was wrong or that I owned up to a mistake. And I do that on a daily basis. Now it's something that is who I am and it to me has helped me grow into who I am today. And I also believe that it truly has helped others grow into who they are and being the best version of themselves. Because if we can't be self-aware and we can't be honest with ourselves, then we aren't ever going to be honest and open with others. And I think that truly it's just been, and you know, we laugh about this too. Like I'm, I'm not a reader. I hate reading. I've never been a reader. In this past year, I have read so many books because I have just all of a sudden really just grasped this, this passion and desire to, to learn more and know more about other people. And it really has just kind of, to me, honestly, been a shift of there being so much more self-awareness and transparency for me to be able to not make this about me and always being the best and always being right, but being very confident in the things that I am good at and helping others find those strengths in themselves. Yeah. And I, I know the things that you're doing on a daily basis now that you're saying, you know, were harder in the past or you didn't do always in the past. Um, but you can also, you're also adding tremendous amounts of value to those around you every day. And we're certainly so thankful for that. Speaking of reading and listening and resources, I know this is one of your very favorite topics. Now share with us, if you're going to send somebody today to go and dig into a resource just to maybe it's becoming more self-aware. Maybe it's self-identifying where they are, or maybe they are in a leadership position and they feel stuck because they're not getting very much production out of their people. Where would you send someone today? What's something that you're loving right now? The first place I would send them might surprise the listeners or even surprise you. The first place I would send them is to the people they're leading. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, if you don't know what you're doing wrong as a leader, do you know who does? everyone else. And I think that that probably, now that you've asked that question, I think that it, that probably has been a huge light bulb moment for me too, is to be a lot more open to, to feedback and to ask people who I'm leading, you know, what are the things that you're receiving from me that are adding value? What are the things that I can work on? And being, you know, open and vulnerable to hearing those things from the people that you're leading really is the first place I would go. And if you don't have those, your board of directors in your life, um, those people that you can go to on a daily basis that can tell you um, truth, 
um, go find them because that's the first, that's the first place to start. You can read a book and listen to a podcast all day long, but the people in your life that know you, they interact with you on a daily basis and they love you and respect you. They will tell you, um, where your strengths are and you have to be okay with letting them tell you the things that maybe aren't as, as strong too. I love that. So often we can be spending so much of our time and energy in places in our business or in relationships, or certainly in that whole motivating, inspiring, you know, area that can be not creating any productivity. It can, it can be totally empty time spent if it's not being used in ways that's working. And I think that that's so smart to go to people and ask for feedback and then be humble and willing enough to take that feedback and act on it or pivot or adjust as needed. But that piece about going to people who are your board of directors or people who you totally know that love you and have your best interest at heart is, is a really important part of that because we can get in this world when we're working with so many people or dealing with so many people if we're taking everyone's feedback, you know, that can be a slippery slope. And so who are your safe, knowing who your people are in your life, the safe people who love you and understand your heart and intentions, and then can really wisely guide you in that I think is, is so, so smart. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. Your time is valuable. And I just appreciate so much you being willing to open up. And I think this is going to be something that a lot of people can relate to and use hopefully and share with other people in their life who might be dealing with the same stuff. So thanks for hanging with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Love you. Love you. 